football on off the ball. Yeah, these obviously I've dreamt I've dreamt about playing in this level. So when I get the chance, I don't try to be like a deer in headlights. I try to you know grasp it and enjoy it. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. The lunchtime wrap on off the ball with Energia, proud sponsor of Irish rugby. Think of the possibilities. It's Thursday, the 14th of September. This is the Lunchtime Wrap and I'm Cameron Hill. Good afternoon. We kick off with football and Stephen Kenny will remain as manager of the Republic of Ireland men's team until the end of 2023 before a review is conducted into the Euro 2024 qualifying campaign. It means that the Dublin native will take charge of the October ties with Greece and Gibraltar, the final qualifier away to the Netherlands in November and the friendly match with New Zealand. The men's team will not qualify via their group and there's only a slim chance of them securing a playoff. If a playoff did happen, the FAI would make a decision then whether Kenny would be the right man to take charge of that. The news regarding Kenny was confirmed today by FAI Chief Executive Jonathan Hill, who also explained the decision not to offer Vera Pau a new contract to remain as manager of the women's team. Hill acknowledged Pau's contribution to football in Ireland and described her as a pioneer in the women's game, but he denied offering Pau a new deal before the World Cup finals and rejected claims that Pau's future was predetermined. Director of Football Mark Canham outlined the factors which led to the association's decision on Pau. In terms of your point, as I've said, I've been in the role now 12 months. My role is across the whole pathway. I was given a brief within the role, as well as kind of business as usual, to review all parts of the game. And that's what we've done over the course of the last six months and going out to speak to people at different parts of the, parts of the game, including international. I've been with the women's camp since I joined. I, in every camp up to the USA, I was in on match day one and watched at least one match. I spent seven days in the USA in the camp. And I spent you know just over three weeks in, in Australia. So as well as the review, I've been kind of conducting my own review as part of the brief of my role in terms of what all that looks like. So, and did you give feedback at any stage during any of those camps to Vera Powell about her training methods? Um, come back to your first question, come back to, to you. Obviously, I, I have a view on what that looks like in terms of my own observations. It wasn't until we got to the review where we spoke to lots of stakeholders, and that's players, staff, and also executives, and, and in my role. So it's a holistic overview of everything that came out of that. So, I started to form my sort my view, and then as we go through the World Cup and then go into the review process, it started to become clear that there was a difference in the opinion on the way the methods that we want to take forward to the future. To be fair to Vera, she's always been absolutely consistent and clear on the methods that she chooses to do around sports science, conditioning, training, and coaching. And I fully understand, having been in elite sport and elite football for a long time, over 20 years what those methods are, why they're used, and what they try to try to achieve. And, and broadly, the methods that Vera we use were talking about looking after the players, making sure they prevented injury, fit and ready for the games, and they were sharp and explosive and ready to go. It was clear in my own view and through the review, there's a di- there are different methods to achieve the same outcomes. And, and then through the review process, through several conversations with Vera at the start of the process, she was the first person we spoke to, and then throughout the feedback that we got from different people and then uh, our session again at the end where we went through feedback from the review with Vera, it was clear that the methods that she um, has learned a lot about, has become an expert in, weren't aligned with where I believe that we need to take forward across all of our international teams. 
Teeing off with golf next in Scotland's Richie Ramsey is the day one leader at the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth. He's on six under par after a 66. Defending champion Shane Lowry is on three under after 14 holes. Rory McIlroy is one over par through 15. And Tom McKibben is one over playing his fourth hole. Potter Carrington is three over with three to play. To rugby next, and Ireland head coach Andy Farrell names his team this afternoon for Saturday's World Cup game against Tonga in Nantes. A decision has to be made on whether to start captain Johnny Sexton. Ireland's Pool B rivals have both lost hookers for the rest of the tournament. South Africa's Malcolm Marks has sustained a knee injury which will see him out of the entire tournament, while Scotland's Dave Cherry has suffered a concussion. France face Uruguay in Pool A tonight. There's an 8pm start to that game in Lille. Meanwhile, Matt Dawson says he's stunned that more teams don't take advantage of drop goal opportunities. England out half George Ford kicked all the points, including three drop goals in their 27 points to 10 win over Argentina in Marseille last Saturday. Dawson joined this morning's Off the Ball Breakfast. The 2003 World Cup winner can't believe that opportunities to take three points are so regularly overlooked in the modern game. I mean, you listen to my commentary on Five Live. Every single, certainly World Cup, maybe six nations you know those close games the amount of times that I'll be well I haven't got any hair but you know pulling it out of oh just just hit three regroup just hit three just just take a drop goal you're running from left to right you're going through the phases you're not making any progress you know this is going to end in tears you're not going to score you know you're not going to get any points you're playing against you know England playing against Ireland in, in Dublin a massive massive gap just take three walk away just take another three oh that's six points Ireland are thinking oh hold on a minute we've, we haven't given any penalties away we've been super disciplined we're, we're it has a very different mindset um, to the opposition when you're just ticking away at the scoreboard and, and I don't think anybody really understood that when we were in our pomp yeah, back in the early 2000s, people didn't caught on, cotton on why it was so effective. They just think, oh, Wilco's going to hit three points. But it was that cumulative effect that you saw George Ford do against Argentina, where Argentina hadn't done anything wrong. And they were nine points adrift. And it's it, it changes your mindset. So you start to overplay because you think you're behind the game and that you've got to change something because what you're doing is not working. Well, actually, what you're doing might have been working, but you've just not had an opportunity to do it. And England have just nicked nine points. So I'm absolutely baffled why teams don't do it more. Um, I remember New Zealand in 2015 with Dan Carter, just when the game started not going towards Australia, but they scored a try and they got back into the game. Bang, Dan Carter, left foot, thank you. Drop goal, just another three points. Takes the sting out of the game, deflates it. And you're like, oh, oh, okay, I know New Zealand are in charge. You know, it, it just changes the dynamic. I've got, I can't answer your question as to why. I think it's absolute madness that teams don't take, don't take drop goals. If I mean, it- if they do... If they start doing it, I can guarantee one thing, and that is that the drop goal will go down in value from three points pretty damn quick. And here's a fun rugby fact for your Thursday. A try was originally worth no points. Initially, touching down in the goal area only determined the position from which you would take the place kick you subsequently earned. So, crossing the line earned you an attempt, 
or try, on goal, which you would attempt to convert into points, which is why it's called a conversion. And that's all for Thursday's Lunchtime Wrap. Keep up to date with the latest opinion, analysis and much more. Become a member today at offtheball.com forward slash join. Take care. The Lunchtime Wrap. On Off The Ball. With Energia, proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Think of the possibilities.